welcome to the podcast for St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church, a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith where our mission is making disciples of Jesus Christ. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's podcast for St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church, where our mission is making disciples of Jesus Christ, and our vision is to be a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith that is centered in that relationship with Jesus Christ. We're so glad that wherever you are, whatever you're doing today, that uh, you are tuning into this podcast. So if you're driving, we hope you're safe. If you're sitting home relaxing, we hope you can stay awake through all this, uh, and of course, uh, we would be my friend, my colleague, the woman with the good <laughs> shoes. Pastor Stephanie, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I'm not sure I've ever said anything different, have I? I bet if we went back and listened to all 140 <laughs> episodes, I always say, I am doing great with yeah. the same <laughs> inflection in my voice. You know, there's something to be said oh, about consistency. Right. People get into the rhythm of you, you know go. what they expect to hear. So Right. Uh, At least I'm being consistent. Don't yeah. you wonder what would happen if I said... I'm just doing terrible today. <laughs> yeah, like a whole different like, course for the podcast. It, it would be, Jeff, can, can you, you know, push the pause button right. on this? We're, we're going to minister and pray with Pastor right, Stephanie with Pastor for just a second. <laughs> Friends, y'all just hang on. There will be no glitch in the podcast. We'll come right back on and we'll tell you how everything went. That's right. We'll just keep everything right up front there. And speaking of Jeff, Jeff is here with us today. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm good this morning. Oh, Thank good. you. I'm so yeah. glad that you are. Anything new in your world? Uh, you know, I'm pretty excited for this week, getting yeah. ready to head down to Dallas and represent our church down yes. at a national conference and looking excited for uh, the the new learnings that I will yeah. partake in down there and bring those back. I'm okay, so I, I hadn't really thought of this. This is awesome yeah. because uh, you are going to Dallas to learn some things so that we can improve ministry at our church. Why don't you just say a quick word about you know, what we're trying to look at and why you're going to this conference and just let people know here's some things that we're hoping to improve on. Absolutely. Well, the the, the conference is basically um, a facilities as well as audio visual mm-hmm. technology. So it's right up my alley. Yeah. Um, uh, so some of the courses that we're looking at that I'm taking, I'm taking 19 courses over two days. Um, <laughs> some of the courses. I, I, I would need a nap in there yes, two or right. three times, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Lots of coffee while I'm down there. Right. But uh, some of the courses is, you know, um, how do you maintain uh, and grow your online mm-hmm. church as well as maintain and grow your on-site church. Mm-hmm. Right. The big um, question right now. It, it really mm-hmm. is, and, and that's why we're excited for you to go and come back and teach yeah. us, here's some things we need to start doing, and for those of you that worship with us online, uh, we're so thankful that you do that, and, and of course we see the podcast as a way to help disciple you mm-hmm. in the midst of that, and uh, this series, what we've been looking at is a, a basic foundational kind of concept for right. the Christian faith. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I'm excited for you. We'll be really excited to hear what you learn. And I'm excited, too, about this series that we're in right now on Covenant. It is so funny. I have realized how much of a Christian nerd I am (laughs) with how much I love this series. You know, somehow I would imagine that when people look at you, they Uh never say, what a nerd. What a nerd. (laughs) 
And you know but why? No it, it, it's because of the shoes. It's because of the good shoes. Yeah, yeah. Good I mean, fashion really sense of good the shoes. Good shoes can make up for a lot, including <laughs> being a nerd. But I absolutely love this this covenant series that we're in. I love how you're focusing on each of the major covenants throughout the Bible. I love it that you're bringing new insight into what covenant actually is, but also the differences of each of those covenants. To me, it just is so life-giving. I just love it. Well, thank you. You know, again, part of it is the way that I understand covenant, when I hear that word, it it really means something. It's like, pay attention. This is is meat. This is not something to take lightly. Um, and so in doing this, I, I wouldn't want people to think, well, yeah, just, you know, all covenants are the same. Right. Because no. that would be a misunderstanding of, of covenant. Right, exactly. I love how you started uh, with Abraham talking about how it was an unconditional covenant and it was God's promises to Abraham. And, you know, even when Abraham tried to take matters into his own hands, God still remained faithful to right. the promise that he had made to him. We, we hadn't talked about that, but that's really an important part of understanding it. It really is. And the fact that, you know, you know, God, God is faithful to what he says he is going to do. And I love it that we see that in the covenant with Abraham. But then how the covenant with Moses was uh, different because it was conditional. He said, you know, if you right. want to be blessed, then you need to obey my commands. And that's where we see the, the Ten Commandments and the differences there about how you're supposed to relate to God and how you're supposed to relate to people. I love how you kind of broke that down for us to make it simple in our understanding of it. But then tell us more about this past Sunday because well, this is so good. Well, again, it, it, it was amazing to me just in doing the study again and, and reading for this about the covenant with mm-hmm. David that mm-hmm. um, th- this is like the next part of God's redemptive plan. Right. And, and that's one of the things I want us to keep in mind with covenant is God intends to redeem creation. God mm-hmm. said, I'm not going to wipe out, destroy everybody again with the flood, right. which is the Noah covenant right. that we really didn't talk right, about. Right. Um, but God's going to redeem creation, and it starts with his promise to Abraham. Moses, is, it's like, here are the boundaries, you know, here are the training wheels mm-hmm. for how we yeah. want to understand this. But And it, with the covenant with David, he actually goes back and he honors the past, that yes. everything that has happened to David is evidence of, oh, wow. You know, if, if the people there had never connected to the dots, it's like, okay, David is a direct descendant of Abraham. Yes. Uh, and, wow, yeah, he, he's King David. Man, <laughs> nobody <laughs> in the world is as famous as no. King David. Right. Uh, and we are living in the land of promise. Everything that was promised in this covenant mm-hmm. with Abraham, we now see with David. And mm-hmm. the exciting thing about that is it shows God's faithfulness. Right. Because... Abraham messed up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. He's, as you said, he tried yeah. to take matters into his own hands. Yep. And there were other times that he did things to try to save his own skin. Right. But uh, God was faithful. Yeah. And, and with Moses, you know, those people, man, you know, Moses can understand what it's like to try to lead people and yet know that some people just don't get it. Yeah. And they're so fickle and they're so yeah. immature in their faith <laughs> that... You know, they think it's all about them, and right. and it wasn't. It was about what God was doing, mm-hmm. and now it's like, wow, you know, we we've messed up. We we've had good moments in our history as a people of God, and we've had bad moments in our history yeah. of the people of God. Yeah, and God has not changed at all. One one little <laughs> bit. And the thing I love about this, okay, so this is so ironic. I love God's timing because you know, Da, that um, we've been teaching on kind of really this whole thing with our youth. Right. And so it's been really fun to to 
be involved with the youth in this whole idea of covenant and and the idea of God's original intent and bringing us back to that after things fell apart. But the the thing that the youth and I were talking about on Sunday, which was perfect because the timing of it was great because we were talking about David and then, you know, they come and listen to you and hear the fullness of what was going on with David. It was just great. But we had been talking about the fact that that God was supposed to be the king for right. the people. They were not supposed to have a human yeah, king. Yeah, when, whenever the people said, we want a king, God said, hey, you got one. You Here got I one. am. Here I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he had given the people prophets, which are people that speak uh, to the people on God's behalf. Right. Then he'd given the people priests, which are people that speak to God on people's behalf. Right. So we had like this whole thing covered, and God was the king. But then they said... You know, no, we we want a king like all the other nations. It reminded me of like a seventh grader. Like, it well, really they is. have good shoes, and I, so I want good <laughs> shoes, <laughs> which I fall prey to all the time. But I I just think it's interesting that they were they were really in a sense being selfish. And and that is the social pressure that that so yes. often we deal with, and that's exactly where that nation was. Mm-hmm. You know, you're 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 nice to talk about it as junior high kids. I, I hear it in this whiny voice, and we don't speak whinies at our right. house. You know, we, we don't do that. But they, well. All the other nations have a king. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so God's finally like, you want a king? Okay, yeah. here's the deal. It's going to mess you up. Right. But that's what you want. That, you know, yeah. Be careful what you ask for, yeah. people. <laughs> be careful what you ask for. Yeah, exactly. And so they get the king that they asked for, and it doesn't go well. I mean, Saul does not do what he is supposed to do, even though God anointed him. Right. Like he really did. And, and at the beginning, Saul did well under God's anointing. But then he strayed, and then God said, now it's my turn to pick a king right. from among the people. And I loved it when you said on Sunday, you know, there's this peasant boy yeah. that he picks the youngest son of all the brothers. I mean, I just, I and love it. It's so unexpected. God does that so often in Scripture. Yeah. You'd think we would learn to expect it. <laughs> know. You know, with, with Gideon, well, I'm, I'm the, the biggest wimp in my family. Exactly. My family's the biggest wimp in the all runt the nation. Of the litter, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, you know, we... And, and the reason I like to say that he was a peasant is, again, because we hear, well, David was a shepherd boy. Yeah. Okay, he he had a huge, thriving agricultural business or yeah. you know, <laughs> whatever right, exactly. it might be. No, no, no. Shepherding was a work nobody wanted to no. do. The yeah. reason that he got sent out into the field to protect the sheep was because that was the entry-level position uh, and, you know, yeah. bears are going to come or yeah. a wolf is going to come and they're going to try to eat the sheep and yeah. it's your job to try to save the sheep. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't high pay no. at all. But from this peasant boy, um, God grew yeah. a mighty king. Yeah. And so the, the covenant really, you know, it honors that past from yeah. uh, Abraham. It, it, it really celebrates all that the nation of Israel has come to under David's leadership you know, I, I want to say they have no enemies, but that's not exactly true. There were people that came against them to fight, right. but they always lost right. because Israel was so strong. Right. And prosperity-wise, mm-hmm. there was, you know, lots of money going around. Yeah. And David built that lavish house, and, and yeah. that's when he said, you know, gosh, I, I, I was selfish. I, I mm-hmm. need to do something for God, which, again, I think tells us something about David's heart. Yes. Uh, and... The prophet at first says, yeah, whatever's in your heart to do, go do that. Yes. But then he has a dream and comes back and says, David, what God spoke to me last night, yeah. you're not the one yeah. to build the house. God's got yeah. something different in yeah. mind. And it really was different from oh, what David is, understood, but it points to the future. Yeah, my favorite, favorite part. I mean, I just I just think it is incredible uh, how, how God says to him, no, 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 I'm going to be the one 
to build right. the house. I'm going to be the one to make the line. I'm going to be the one to have the son who is who is also your son. You yeah, know, and it ooh. will be. I, I love the the way the translation we read a dynasty yes. of kings. And yes. and the reason I like that is because when we talk about Jesus as the king of kings. He is the most yeah. dynastic of yes. all that, that <laughs> dynasty. It's yeah, really great. So, true. so some of the things that we brought up yesterday, uh, one is, you know, the thought that David's reputation mm-hmm. is that he was a man after God's own heart. And mm-hmm. you kind of wonder, how did he get that reputation? Because in addition to some of the good things he did, David oh. did some really horrible stuff too. Yeah. Um, he had, you know, as I said, in the sermon, he, he wrote a lot of the Psalms, and, yeah. and you can read in there his passion and his love and his deep affection for who God is, yeah. his utter dependence upon mm-hmm. God and why he always credited God with yeah. winning all these military battles. Yeah. Um, you know, his undignified yes. worship, which, you know, sometimes <laughs> I will confess, one of the reasons I will go to the back is I, yeah. if I'm going to do something dumb, I don't want everybody seeing it. <laughs> right, you exactly, know? right. Uh, and I do that particularly when I'm at camp. Yeah. You know, I always sit in the back at worship. I yeah. let the kids worship however they want. I don't want them thinking, God, what's that oh, old what? guy doing <laughs> up there? But but David, you know, to say, hey, yeah. that that's about God, and I will always be undignified yeah. compared Even to my more than creator. This. Yeah, so, I love that. I love um, that. So he, he has all that going for him, yeah. but he commits murder. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually wonder, is it murder or is it conspiracy mm. to commit murder? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. technically he he doesn't pull the trigger, right. throw the dagger, you know, right. but he whatever. He just it. gave the orders to, yeah. to go do this. And uh, with adultery, uh, you know, I mean, right there, that's two of the top 10 oh, from yeah. the covenant of Moses that he wrote. I mean, 20%. And, yeah. and, and you've got to guess, he probably, you know, told a lie somewhere. Yes, coveted <laughs> you know? the other man's uh, wife. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, ab- absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, which is interesting. You start to think of all that. It's like how he related to people was not always, no. you know, the way God wants us to live. Right. And so maybe the reason he's a man after God's own heart is how he tried to relate to God. Yeah. You know, his, yeah. his passionate pursuit of, of who God is. Mm-hmm. And with, um, with Moses and, and the idea of obedience, part of it is sometimes we do the right thing, but we do it from the wrong heart. Right. You know, it's like, I'm going to do this, but I'm not doing it because I want to. <laughs> I'm doing it because <laughs> it's to. the right thing right. to do, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, it. we can all say, yep, that's me. You know, mm-hmm. I want to do the right thing, mm-hmm. but more important than doing the right thing is having the right heart. Right. And I think that's where David is. I think that's why David was a man after God's own heart is because he did the wrong thing, mm-hmm. but he never lost that mm-hmm. connection with God. His heart was always held by God. Yeah. Now, was the relationship damaged? Absolutely. Yes. But God never lost David's heart. Right, right. Well, and I love how you talked about the fact that it was so important, uh, his his contrite heart. You know, when mm-hmm. he says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And yeah, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not, you will not reject. Reject, exactly. And, and I think that, too, shows not just David's character, but God's Absolutely. character. Absolutely, yeah, you know, well, well said. That he honors that in us, that when we have done wrong, the humility of coming back to him and admitting our wrongdoing, confessing it, right, and then turning away from it, 
I think that was so great what you pointed out there towards the end of the sermon. Well, and again, if, if some other people are like, wait, okay, so he did all these bad things. He was still king, but it really did affect his relationship with God. Yeah. Tell, tell me more about yeah. that. Well, well, part of that is when the, the one I always think of is when David took the census you know, he wanted to know how many people he was king over, yeah. and, and everyone was saying, you know, King David, this is not oh, a good idea. Right. And and they did it anyway, and then God's like, in your foolish pride, mm. you had to know how big <laughs> everything was, <laughs> yes. and, and you had to, to count it. And so now, because you did that, here's what's going to happen. And, mm-hmm. and in I, I think it was that instance, the Lord gives David... Three choices mm-hmm. of what discipline and correction there should be in uh-huh. the midst of that. And this is where I think David showed his wisdom and his understanding of, uh, God, you do what you think is best. Because the only thing David says is, don't let me fall into the hands of men, oh, but I yes. will s- submit to whatever mm-hmm. is in your hand to mm-hmm. do. He, he just he understood it had chipped away at the foundation and of course, uh, toward the latter years of David's life, his yeah. family, you know, his son rebels yes. and tries to take the throne. David has to flee yes. town. And uh, even when his general is fighting against his son, Absalom, mm-hmm. uh, he's, you know, David says, do not kill my son, but his son is killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the, the end, his family, when, whenever we sin, it, it, it has that effect. Yeah. It chips away yeah. from it. But the good news to me as I look at David's life is... Number one, God still held his heart. Yes. You know, even though David's heart was doing the wrong thing, Mm -hmm. his relationship with God still was secure. Yes. Which says a whole lot, and we need to pay attention to this. It says a whole lot about who God is and how God looks at us. Yes, exactly. Uh, And, you know, when after he had committed uh, the Bathsheba adultery mm-hmm. and the, the murder of her husband Uriah. Yeah. Um, if you you recall the story of what happened to that baby they conceived, mm-hmm. the, the baby dies. Yes, right. And you know while the baby is sick and dying, mm-hmm. David is praying and fasting, yes. and everybody's grieving with him. But uh, when when the baby dies, nobody wants to tell him. Mm-mm, they're they're mm-mm. all afraid. They're like, wow, if he's this bad while the baby's still yeah. alive, how worse is it going to get? Yeah. And that <laughs> that's when David sees all of them talking. He said, the baby died, didn't he? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and they go, yeah. And so he gets up and he washes his face and yeah. he gets dressed, probably put on new sandals. Uh, yes, <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> and, but, and everybody's like, well, you should be grieving. And he's yeah. like, I have been. Yeah. I cannot change what has been done. And I think mm-hmm. he even adds in there, you know, the name of the Lord, yeah. be praised. Be praised. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. his, his connection there was, was so good. Yeah. So whenever uh, you sin, and we won't ask you to name what your <laughs> sins okay. are, because then you might ask us, and we just don't <laughs> even want to go there. People aren't interested in knowing any of that. Right, right. Um, whenever you sin... Uh, have you ever been in a place where you felt so bad mm-hmm. about what you did mm-hmm. and you were so desperate for God's mercy mm-hmm. that you thought, God, what can I ever do mm-hmm. to repay mm-hmm. for this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I loved when you brought up about this idea of penance because I thought it was really great that you helped us understand that when with the Catholic idea of penance, that when you confess your sin and then the, the priest absolves you of it and right. says you are forgiven, now go and do these penance. Right. I think a lot of people give the Catholic Church a bad rap because they think that the Catholic Church is saying, 
well, in order to get forgiven, you have to do these things. And that's not at all that's what they're saying. That's not it at all. And the fact that you brought up this idea of, no, we do the penance because it helps to remind us of the sacrifice right. that was made on our behalf so that we don't have to die from sin, but Christ did on our behalf. I just thought that was so great. And I loved, too, this idea of confession. I remember when I was a kid and listening to my dad preach on um, on confession, and he would always say the literal meaning of the word confess is to agree with. And so mm-hmm. when you are confessing your sin before God, you're actually finally agreeing with him that it is sin. And because before you were trying to make it okay, right? now you have turned around and you've said, no, I agree with you. This is wrong. Right. And, and so that change of heart, I think, is such an important thing because then you're in alignment with God about what is sin and what is not sin. And then you're able to say, I, I turn away from that, the repentance. Right. I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. Wow. That, that's really helpful. I mm-hmm. had never thought of that. I think I've heard you say Probably, that before, yeah. but yeah. I, it, it makes sense now because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I, I did what I wanted. I felt real good about right. it. <laughs> right. it. It was a bad decision, and God, you have shown that to me, which yeah. is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit reveals yes. our sin to us, mm-hmm. and so confession to agree with God. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I should have done this, or mm-hmm. I was wrong. I shouldn't right. have have done this. And and one of the things that that I always like to to throw out when we talk about confession. Mm-hmm. And again, we can look in the New Testament. Uh, you know, I always think of James, you know, confess your yes. sins to one another that you may be healed. That, mm-hmm. you know, it's like sin brings this kind of sickness to our yeah. hearts. You know, confess your sins to each other so that you may be healed. Yeah. Um, but I always like to help people understand there's a difference between confession and repentance. Yes. Uh, because when John the Baptist comes through, you know, the, when, when the people had been sinning, they offered their sacrifices. You know, you did this, you right. got to offer a sacrifice, you know. And that, <laughs> the prophets kept saying, you know, God is tired of your sacrifices. <laughs> yes. What God really wants is your obedience. Yeah. And, and I, I suspect there was this kind of laissez-faire attitude where mm. people thought, well, you know, I've confessed my sin to God, I offered my sacrifice, right. I'm okay. <laughs> but when John the Baptist comes through, he's not saying, confess your sins. Mm-hmm. He's saying, repent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and turn the idea around. is, turn around. And that's what we, you know, confession brings us to the point mm-hmm. where, I agree with you, God, this was really yeah. not the right thing to do. So yeah. I'm going to turn around mm-hmm. and I'm going to choose to follow your way. Yeah. Um, the whole idea of uh confession and repentance. And, and I think that's what penance can help us to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this is not something that's really a common practice mm-hmm. in um, our tradition. Right. It's not really even something God asks us to mm-hmm. do. Right. It's something that the church historically has said, if you want to you know, stay more focused on living the way you do, do this. Yeah. You know, for the next five days, pray the Lord's Prayer mm-hmm. three times a day. Mm-hmm. And and when you're doing that, what you remember is I'm doing this because I really do love God yeah. and I did not do what I needed to do to, yeah. to honor God. Yeah. And I'm I'm not offering God any sacrifice by praying three times mm-hmm. a day. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to agree with God and bring my life into alignment with the obedience that God yeah truly desires. Yeah, yeah. And I and I love too when you're talking about the difference between confession and repentance too that that you know when we repent and we say that we are sorry, the true repentance comes 
in what we're saying, which is, I will not do this again. Right. And I remember trying to teach my daughters that at a young age. I probably tried to teach them it too young because, you know, I make everything spiritual. And so even when they were like three and four years old, I was like, when you say you're sorry, it means you're never going to do it again. And I'll never forget when they would get in arguments when they were younger. And they'd start using that against each other. <laughs> you said you were sorry. That means you'll never do it again. And you just did it again. <laughs> well, hopefully they have maintained that. Change maybe in their understanding. Right, exactly. But hopefully they, they still go there. Yes. So the, the whole confession and repentance, this really has to do with living in the present. You know, everything that, that God had promised Abraham we see being fulfilled in yeah. David. And now in David with his ups and downs, we mm-hmm. see that he is living in the present but the great thing and the exciting thing about this covenant is it now points to the future. Yes. And I don't think David really understood. I mean, it's like your heir is going to build this house yeah, for the Ark of the Covenant. No. And he's thinking, all right. And, and it's kind of funny, you know, maybe David had a little micromanager in him because <laughs> when he says, Solomon, you're going to be the king. And by the way, I've ordered all this slumber and I have right. all these laborers <laughs> that are come in. And Let me tell you what you're going to do. This is, this is how this is going to look. Oh, yeah. um, but... Um, <laughs> The, the promise that uh, God makes, again, yeah. like the covenant with Abraham, we don't have to do anything. Yeah. God says, I will do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to see that again next week. Uh-huh. And God says, I will do this. Yeah. And God's saying, you know, I will be the one mm-hmm. that puts your son on the throne. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, David's thinking Solomon. But God's Mm -hmm. thinking, no, when I make my plan to come down and pay for the sin, to make atonement, one final sacrifice to end all other sacrifices, uh, and I'm going to build a temple. Mm -hmm. uh, And David's thinking, yeah, we better order the lumber and get the brick and mortar (laughs) ready. And God's like, no, 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 you really really don't get it. People will understand later that what I'm talking about is you think my spirit lives in this wooden box that Moses yeah. and the people carry through the desert. Mm-mm. My spirit is going to live in you. Yeah. <laughs> it's so Ooh, much richer and so much more exciting. Oh, I love that. Well, and one of the things we were talking about before we hit record on this that Jeff had brought up was about God's timing. Say what you were saying about that, Jeff. Yeah, so um, uh, in, the, in the sermon we were talking about, you know, the descendants and, you know, mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. like that with uh, Abraham. Mm-hmm. And how God told him, you know, your descendants are going to be great men, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. Um, so one of the things that came up for me was, what's the timeline in this from yeah. Abraham uh-huh. um, and his covenant to the fulfillment of what God promised? Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, as we were discussing that, and I would even say if, if people want to look at that genealogy, you go to the Gospel mm-hmm. of Matthew chapter 1 mm-hmm. because Matthew's trying to help the Jewish people understand yeah. Jesus is the fulfillment of these covenants God yeah. has been making with us. Uh, typically, I think when Bible scholars date when Abraham lived and when this covenant was made, they, they look at the year about 2000 B.C., 2000 years before Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure how long it would have been before Moses. I know there's a 400-year period where the people are in slavery, you know, in between their start of slavery and and Abraham, you know, mm-hmm. had all those descendants and sons and, you know, the hundreds of years it said that people lived. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm not real sure how far it was from there to there. But I'm going to say from Abraham to David, maybe 800 to mm-hmm. 1,000 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, from David then to Jesus, 
you know, again, if we're going with 2,000 as a round number, uh, 1,200 to 1,000 mm-hmm. years, I guess mm-hmm. we have to count backwards <laughs> right, exactly. on that. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's, you know, it's like, yeah, why, why does it take God so long? <laughs> and now one thing I, I, I did think of that I didn't share before was uh, when the year 2000 started, mm-hmm. I remember a lot of people were saying, well, it was 2,000 years right. from Abraham to Jesus, and now it's 2,000 years since Jesus uh-huh you know, rounding off and rounding up the math, you know, we better be ready for Jesus to come back. And my thought is, well, you should have been ready before 2000 because that's how we're supposed to live. Right, exactly. Uh, You know, but if you're trying to pinpoint, this is when Jesus is coming back. uh, I don't think that's a good, reliable timeline. God tends to show us, I do things in my time and and not your time. And we know that God could just decide, okay, I'm going to do it today. Yeah. Although God's not, I don't think, compulsive. And he's, <laughs> hey, yeah, today seems a good day to do <laughs> Although we'd be okay with you know, that if he did. <laughs> sometimes it, it would be just great. But, uh, but the, the whole great thing about this covenant with David is how it does point to Jesus. Yeah. And, and God is casting that vision. Next week, again, we're going to talk about the new covenant and how the prophets interpreted some of this and some of the promises of yeah. God. I'm, I'm excited to get in and study that this week and, and yeah. then preach that. Uh, but but I also have to say, because I, I don't think I did this in the third service yesterday. I did it in the first service, mm-hmm. and everybody got a good chuckle, and I <laughs> did it in the second service, and, and people kind of smiled as loudly as they could. Uh, and that was in, in talking about how David pursued this relationship with God, we said a, a good thing is to seek him over every situation. And, and the thought being <laughs> that, uh, you know, whatever situation we find ourselves, if we will seek God, you know, seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added unto you. But that, that came up because Laura and I were out in the hospitality area during the offering and we were talking about shoes because Laura looked at me. You said in the first service, yeah. Stephanie, I don't know if you remember, uh-huh. you said, people have been commenting on they my were, shoes. And, and I, I walked out there and Laura said, I commented on her shoes. I said, so did I. <laughs> and, and then I was like, you know, I, I should have got this next sermon series on Walk This Way to be an acronym that spells out shoes. Uh-huh. And so Laura starts coming up with this. <laughs> Stuff and, and we came up with seek him over every situation. Shoes. I loved that. It was perfect. You know, if we would have come up with that two weeks ago, we might have incorporated in to the big surprise That's that is right. coming on October 10th. Oh, and I just cannot wait for this big surprise on October 10th. So, friends, if you want to know what is happening, you're going to have to be here in church on October 10th. You can be here any of the three services, but we are doing some great, great things. And yes, it has to do with shoes. So I hope that you will come tune in with us this Sunday. We can't wait to see you either on site or online here at St. Andrews. And we're just really glad that you have made us a part of your week. We pray God's richest blessings upon you. And we hope you have a great rest of the week. Hey friends, D.A. Bennett, St. Andrews Community United Methodist Church. I want you to know that we are discovering some real blessing and benefit of digital discipleship, but we also want to talk to you about subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, it's under the church's name, and you'll get some different uh, video devotions each day. So if you're looking for another venue, maybe it'll work for you. God bless.